Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from the late 90s and 2000s. Uh, Today, we're going a little bit earlier in the 90s, but more on that later. My name is Emily Bejan. I'm one of your hosts. And I am your other host, Margot Poupard. Wow, really throwing you off with having to like start over again. I know. (laughs) It's wild today. Um, But this week, we are excited to be back because we are revisiting a world of weirdly drawn characters, double entendre jokes that may have flown by you when you first watched an episode, um, and just all sorts of strange storylines. And today we are revisiting the very famous Nicktoons. Um, and here to join us is the delightful Rennie Rivas. Rennie, welcome. Hello. Thanks so much for having me on this weekend, this post, this post uh, social event week. I, I love the way you put it, Emily, that <laughs> we are hung over from this advent of socialization and you needed to listen to Paris Hilton's album. And when I said it's the empty carbs of entertainment, you hit the punchline with pirate's booty. And that's where I'm at too. Let's all enjoy empty carbs, white cheddar, pirate's booty. And it's slightly aged. So you, you can get a throwback in there much (laughs) like the pirate's booty. (laughs) <laughs> um, so Rennie is an actress, comedian, and podcaster in Los Angeles. She is a graduate of the Advanced Improv Program at UCB Theater in LA and contributed to a number of books for humor publisher The Devastator. She's done voice work for Nickelodeon, DreamWorks, Paramount Plus, and Cartoon Network. On camera, Rennie has shown up in General Hospital and Fresh Off the Boat, and her eavesdropping based podcast, Ring Ring with Rennie Rivas, can be found on all major platforms. She is at Rennie underscore Rivas on Instagram. So once again, thank you so much for joining us, Rennie. 
Oh, that intro was so nice. I really pulled it out of my butt and you you read it as if I spent some time on it. I really I, I really enjoyed it. I did uh MC a few uh events in college and I think it prepared Ew. me for for today. <laughs> nice wedding uh, DJ. That's even better. It's even better than a wedding DJ. I should welcome I, the new I couple. feel weird. Yeah, the new couple <laughs> right this way. And now we're going to play Waddle with it. Um, <laughs> I feel weird saying podcaster because I haven't done it in a while. And it feels really great not to. It's a lot of work, ladies. Thanks for having me. I know I know it takes a lot of effort to, to make a show. <laughs> oh, wow. We never really get thanked right off the bat for the hard work of podcasting, but we shall take compliments. Yeah, you're going to get the Alanis Morissette song. The whole the whole thing is thank you, just right right up top. <laughs> well, judging by the illustrious bio that Emily gave a great read to, claps on the read. Absolutely, um, a 10. Um, you can tell why we needed to have her on for this episode, regardless of where you are in your podcast journey, because we we are in the business of welcoming guests who are not only double threats, but triple threats, because we are forcing you to be the expert on Nicktoons and all things voice acting <laughs> for the next 45-ish minutes. Are you up for the task? I'm up for the task, but uh, my, my paychecks don't match up to a true, you know, like Nicktoon voiceover star, but I certainly am nerdy. So I can tell well, you a lot about it. Much <laughs> like think. the internet, on this podcast, feel free to hype yourself up and know that no one will fact check you. <laughs> yes, we are not. A, we have no it. corrections corner here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just wait. Like, if you give Emily, like, a few vague numbers, she can spin that into Emily Math TM. Um, and it'll make you sound <laughs> I've got the calculator better. on my dock ready to go, uh, ready to punch. <laughs> She's got some pre-programmed cells in an Excel spreadsheet ready and waiting. <laughs> Let's go. I already have the Joe Rogan apology in, in <laughs> mind. Like, we, have, we have to have the, Perfect. Good, the good lighting. And, uh, and the giant blunt to rip, obviously. <laughs> of course. I mean, where would we be without it? Yeah, it's 420 <laughs> somewhere, ladies. Am I right? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so before we dive into, you know, our own personal relationships to Nickelodeon and the Nicktoons, uh, as you all know, I love a good little bit of history. So we've talked about Nickelodeon in the past with our Snick episode and our game show episode, but just a little background. You may remember Nickelodeon launched in the late 1970s as Pinwheel. It was one of the first cable channels, and it was, in fact, the first cable channel in the U.S. dedicated to children's programming. Prior to the late 80s, Nickelodeon really just bought a bunch of TV shows from Canada, um, including Alanis Morissette Connection here, You Can't Do That on <laughs> Television, which introduced us to Slime, which you all may remember we talked about the original recipe involving oatmeal, which just sounds like a... Hot disaster. Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> but towards the mid to late 80s, uh, you'll have Geraldine Layborn, who joins the company as the president um, and hires Vanessa Coffey with her. Those two will dictate what will become the uh, epic programming that will be a part of Nickelodeon's lineup beginning to the mid to late 80s with its set of game shows and original scripted programming going into the 90s with the advent of the Nicktoons. 
I mentioned Vanessa Coffey's name earlier. So she gets hired to hear pitches from local animators. So she goes to LA um, in 1989. And this is where she is able to greenlight three pilots for three animated shows that are uh, going to be focused on being super character-driven, creator-driven, um, and the creators will get free reign on their shows, which is very different than many other networks <laughs> in the past. And those three shows, which will uh, begin airing on August 11th, 1991, are Doug, The Ren and Stimpy Show, and Rugrats. So uh, let's just kind of get into it. What are y'all's relationships with um, the Nicktoons, particularly Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stiffy. Rennie, we'll start with you. Gosh, well, it really, <laughs> it really solidified that letting a creator do whatever they want and embracing it is a is a sight to behold. Of course, I didn't articulate that as a kid. It was just I like these shows. <laughs> but it's, it's Doug time. Um, but as an adult looking back, it is so clear that they didn't have micromanaging studio heads saying, okay, we need to appeal to the, to boys. This is too girly. This is too weird. This is too whatever. It's really incredible to see a creator just really do what they want. And that is certainly why the original Nicktoons were so varied. It's so disparate. You have these imaginative creators truly doing whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always looked forward to getting home and watching cartoons. I watched repeats. I watched other stuff too, but Nicktoons might've been my favorite. Completely. What about you, Margo? Um, I think that like Ren and Stimpy must've been kind of like the first cartoon that I had shared inside jokes with my parents about and it was I mean looking back it's stunning that they let me watch it but I think um, there was something about Nickelodeon at the time I think because it had started out somewhat educational it kind of gave parents this idea that like even the cartoons would have some sort of like inherent value in them so I remember all of like the first like pilot episodes for Doug, the Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy mm -hmm. and them just being completely weird and bizarre. And for, and then as I got older, they became much funnier as you kind of like understand the jokes. But mm -hmm. I, I really in looking back, cannot believe that they kind of like got away with it, but it goes back to what Rennie was saying about how they just let creators have complete control. And it was like such a departure from the cartoons that you were used to, which were all like toy driven cartoons mm -hmm. so uh, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the first one that comes to mind but even like before that like He-Man and some of the, the other big 80s cartoons were all created essentially it felt like to sell you toys which were great <laughs> there but there were and there were no toys that went with Doug or Rugrats or <laughs> with um, Ren and Stimpy unfortunately for us I mean now I'm sure you can get like a Funko Pop toy or whatever but in like, you know, 91 or whatever, when they started, they didn't have like any merchandising tie in. So they were just so pure. I feel like it really elicited like elicits a uh, response from kids that like, even if they don't connect with the material, like on a cerebral level, there is something about 
watching people express themselves creatively freely, even if that's not what you're articulating, that transcends all of that. And that's what makes those cartoons so special. It's so I guess I hope that answers the question. In some no, way, I, I think it does. And it's funny you bring that up, the whole marketing concept. So uh, there are a few mm-hmm. documentaries out there about Nickelodeon. And the one I'm thinking of in particular um, is just kind of all around the history of Nickelodeon's founding up until about 99. And what they actually talked about when it comes to merchandising, the first time they kind of ever did any sort of product was in the mid 90s. By the time a lot of these shows had gained like a big following and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, these were not created to sell any sort of toy or cereal or whatever. These were just kind of these kind of quirky ideas that came out of nowhere from a lot of independent cartoonists who had been brought up in some cases, you know, working for some of the traditional studios, then leaving or going somewhere like Cal Arts and then, you know, kind of striking out on their own um, and then got this opportunity to to kind of get free reign on their shows. Um, I particularly relationship wise uh, really was fond of these three Ren and Stimpy, of course, like you, as you mentioned, these references like went completely over my head as a kid. Um, and even like realizing some of the things in Rugrats, there are like little moments where they're clearly mm-hmm. referencing adult themes or whatever, mm-hmm. just like an adult movie, like a like a movie that was made for adults or something like that, but not understanding it until, you know, I was an adult and watching <laughs> me like, oh, I see now what they were referencing. <laughs> But uh, uh, very much watch those in the on the uh, weekday afternoons. You know, I would like to see some action toys with these characters, like Action Doug. Yes. He puts on a vest. He quail eats man. beets. <laughs> a roided out he's got quail man. eating action quail man. Yeah, little. You don't little even need belt. a roided out quail man. Just like a regular quail man, I think would be <laughs> enough. Or like you just take off his little vest and then put his little belt around his head. There was a guy <laughs> in college who was like slightly older than our, the, his contemporaries as a, for, you know, a nice way of putting it, but he unintentionally always dressed like Doug. And so we would always like hum the theme song at him, but he would never, <laughs> ever get it. And there was like a reverse Patty mayonnaise situation where one of my classmates had like a giant crush on him, but he never noticed and was always like weirdly patient with her all the time. It was n- not nearly as romantic and was much more friendly, but in rewatching some Doug clips, I was struck by this memory of like, humming like do 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 that at like a I don't know a late 20s man who was like I have no idea what you guys are doing to me right now but I'd like you to stop snapping your fingers <laughs> it's a great burn it's really you get the <laughs> scat too but I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I feel like that's something that all three of these cartoons have in common is they all have iconic theme songs like yes. the Rugrats theme song is like I don't know, a prelude to Sex in the City. It's like some Mark's Mother's Ba, like <laughs> times like marimba, like marimba sort of. Yeah, there's just Holy something to Apple it. ringtones were based off of the Rugrats theme song. <laughs> 1,000%, Emily. Bow, bow, bow. Amazing. But even the um, the theme song for Ren and Stimpy was like mm-hmm. just this insane, like sped up, um, like, like rockabilly song or something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Incredible. Uh, actually, I'm friends. I mean, I would say I'm friends with Andy Paley and his family. Andy Paley did music for Ren and Stimpy. Oh, oh wow. cool. That's so and, cool. Yeah. So you have Mark Mothersbaugh doing the music for Rugrats. Yeah. You have 
Andy Paley with an incredible musical history and talent. They, they, they got some real deal music industry people for mm-hmm. these. They had for at these, Nickelodeon yeah. a lot of street cred. So you might remember like Pete and Pete had a lot of like Michael Stipe was on it. Oh, E-pop yes. was on it. Like they had a lot of street cred at Nickelodeon because they were kind Debbie of dairy. Yes, exactly. Well, um, in that documentary on Hulu that you recommended, Emily, uh, the reason why they got Michael Stipe is because one of their directors directed Shiny Happy People, yes, um, <laughs> the music video for R.E.M., and then got him on board. And once Michael Stipe did it, people were like, oh, okay, like they're doing something different over there. And then that convinced Iggy Pop, and it was like a trickle down, essentially, because <laughs> they had one music video director, which kind of makes sense. Maybe for Michael Stipe, it was to make up for that video because he hates it. He hates it so much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, then it's shocking that he took that director back if he hated it so much. Maybe it was part of a deal. (laughs) Maybe. A guilt deal. Yes, payback. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think this lends itself into talking about all these amazing shows. What was your... Favorite show of the Nicktoons, and and it doesn't have to be one of the three that we're talking about mostly today. It could, you know, definitely be another. And and what was your favorite character if it was, you know, a different character from show? Well, my absolute favorite is always going to be Rocco's Modern Life. That was just the the wildest, greatest evolution of a show. Um, I loved it when it was just silly and kind of innocent and... uh, more simplistic, but the show evolved into an absolute multi-layered hysterical yes. commentary on life as we know it. <laughs> like it, it got so good. <laughs> <laughs> the last season is incredible and it holds up even better as an adult, I think. Hmm. I'd have to rewatch for sure. Um, I, I do remember the nice connection with Rocco's Modern Life is the original singers of the theme are the B-52s, if I recall correctly. So it's a nice, like, Georgia, um, Athens, Georgia connection with R.E.M. That was a deep cut right there. (laughs) Oh, that is a a real deep cut. I I guess I assumed it was just a really good impression. But why the hell not would would it not actually be them? It makes perfect sense, like you say. What about you, Margo? Um, well, I always loved Angelica. That should come as zero surprise to anybody from the Rugrats. But I also I also Queen. have a really big soft spot for Helga on Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold, I think more than anything, like really yes. it has I like inf- it influences some of my writing in ways that are very bizarre. Like anytime I try to get very nostalgic or think about, you know, childhood, I, I really have a, a fondness. I have a I had a massive crush on Arnold too. Like I would say mm-hmm. that him and like the Fox from Robin Wood are like the patient zero of like uh. my cartoon crushes, but then obviously naturally evolved into Trent on Daria. But you know, it's <laughs> the villain, the blonde villains, I suppose <laughs> were you know, my go-to characters. Make of that what you will. And I also loved Angelica's mom because she reminded me of my yes. mom. Um, Girl with boss. Her powers with their power suits and just always like, she will be a positive feminist. Like yes. it just, <laughs> Yeah, those are my those are my two mains though. What about you, Emily? 
Oh, I'd have to say, I think Judy Funny is my favorite uh, Nick mm-hmm. Tunes character. <laughs> yes. Um, the idea of having like a cool, like half shaved red bob haircut with a oh, yeah. beret and sunglasses all the time and like being an artiste with, you know, beatnik vibe was very mm-hmm. much the aesthetic I hoped to achieve at one point as an adult. And I do think it led to. Uh, why I loved so much uh, Daria, which which sounds weird because Daria is certainly much more realistic than Judy Funny, but just like the idea of like an older, cooler. I, you can the kernels are there. It's the that kernel, sort of yeah. like certainly sarcastic, there. like sarcastic, aloof a little bit, and then I mean Judy is a little bit like performative, yes. deep. So she's got a little bit of Quinn, I think, in her as well. Yes, on yes. that sort of and, like remember when Quinn gets like the black turtleneck and she's yes. like, I'm deep and I'm like a part of. The <laughs> club or whatever yes sort of you know i can see i can see the the line there for sure but i think those might be my favorite uh she might be my favorite um i also just really loved um what was her name the rich girl and doug bb i think her name was bb bluffington yeah um bluffington's the town maybe it's bluff or anyway (laughs) it's a very similar yeah 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 she just bluff uh, and her family owns the town of bluffington (laughs) yes um, yes, I think you're right. She was great. Uh, which actually, fun fact about Bluffington: Jim Jenkins was from is from Richmond, Virginia. And hmm. uh, just so you know, Rennie, I grew up in Virginia, kind of the northern part, but have several friends who grew up in Richmond. And whenever we drink in college, and Doug came up, was like, you know, Jim Jenkins is from Richmond, and like the Four Leaf Clover Mall, and Doug is named after the Clover Leaf Mall in Richmond. And like, it, it was just like all the landmarks are named uh, or closely named um, based off of things wow. that are in Richmond. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It brings it home. <laughs> Very nostalgic what? for you. Yes. No, sir, it totally is. Um, were there any of these, you know, original three that we're talking about mostly today that you didn't watch or or didn't watch as much or found yourself not as interested in? No, I absorbed all of them <laughs> at the same time. I went, it's like the Jamba Juice where you get all the additives. I, I got all of it at the same time. I watched everything. I feel like they all kind of had special qualities. And I find that the ones that I didn't watch are not of these original three or like Rocco or some of the ones that came shortly after, but really kind of down the line as I'm, you know, slightly getting older. And I I feel like, you know, come late 90s, some of the quality starts to die down a bit. So I feel like most of my watching less of is just a matter of, you know, getting older and not finding myself as attached uh, to these shows as I'd been before. How about you, Margo? Oh, yeah, I definitely watched all of these. I feel like they were sort of, I oddly enough was talking with somebody yesterday about, um, we were talking about the Las Culturistas podcast and they always ask everybody like where, at what point in your life did you think like, Oh, this, this culture is like made for me. And this friend and I were talking about how just Nickelodeon in general felt that way. But I feel Mm -hmm. like very much these three cartoons were like my whole identity. And they were very much like, if you don't get it, then you don't get humor. And like, you're not funny. Mm -hmm. And it was very much like it, 
informed a lot of my personality. Like I learned about Hanukkah through the Rugrats and then demanded for years and still to this day that I convert to Judaism because I think Hanukkah is a way better deal than Christmas. And it's essentially this, it's a crossover from Catholicism. It's like a hop, skip and a jump. Um, I feel like, you know, the, the beats from Doug got me into the Beatles. Like I didn't even realize that was like a reference point until like fifth grade. And I was like, Oh, have I been listening to the Beatles the whole time? Like I, I really, and then I think also with, um, with Ren and Stimpy, just like the odd, just like how to be like a completely random, weird, funny person, mm. just really like delving into like the gross weirdness of you. Um, and, and just like those catchy fucking songs, like the log song. Like I would oh, catch yeah. myself, I would find myself singing these songs I, all the time by myself. In kindergarten, yeah. I started, I had a friend who was very into Ren and Stimpy. We started doing happy, happy, joy, joy. And like the middle mm-hmm. of a party, like butt slap, like, you know, touching. It was just weird. Yeah. Like, like totally inappropriate. <laughs> God, you, you see kids now, they always want to slap butts. Like in our day, we had, <laughs> we had cartoons that slap, have a song about it. And- <laughs> I also remember asking my parents if Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence was like a real game yeah. and like, could we play it? <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah, you know, I was like, I don't know, it's a cartoon, but like they make shit from cartoons all the time. Why can't it, why can't this be one of them? I don't mm. understand. <laughs> but like even just saying like don't whiz on the electric fence was like an inside joke with my family for like years and uh, and just like they would just be a total non sequitur too my mom would just be like don't whiz on the electric <laughs> fence tie your fucking shoes let's go like it was just <laughs> so yes i would say it was hard to even miss these i just feel like there's such little like programming for kids where it didn't like talk down to you or <laughs> it just made you feel like smart and special and in on the joke and there wasn't a ton of stuff out there like that yeah i think the characters were so developed that's yeah why, mm-hmm. that's why we felt so included because they're so fully formed right mm-hmm. completely I think that they were just like multifaceted. And it was also, I think there's a sense of obviously Ren and Stimpy is not based on real life. And, and Rugrats is like kind of a half, what if babies really are talking and that kind of thing. <laughs> but when you think about it, there's also a sense of normalcy when it comes to like the portrayal of someone like Doug, for example, is just um, very much like a normal kid. And I feel like this is a very common thread in Nickelodeon in their movies, their TV shows, um, any of like their scripted shows, they kind of show, you know, these fairly normal average kids, maybe they have superpowers sometimes, but like for the most part, (laughs) they're average kid who's like maybe a BC student, maybe they're not, or even like they're not doing well at all, but they're not these, you know, perfect, uh, you know, leave it to beaver type of families not or like kids. precocious either, yes. which was no. really refreshing. Not like at all. Doug was extremely average, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> he wasn't popular. He wasn't the villain. He wasn't, no. but he also wasn't like always dunked on like what's his face. Um, the guy who laughs at all his own jokes, the villain in Doug, he you like know, dunked on Roger, everybody. Roger Klotz. Roger. <laughs> oh, Yes. Uh, what a Roger. name you know he uh, also like look like a fucking narc like why is this 45 year old dunking on a bunch of 13 year olds what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> so much older you know um patty mayonnaise had a last name that was far more appropriate for boring ass doug doug mayonnaise <laughs> that that fits totally 
I actually. But Patty had read. a great voice. Like her voice was so yes, distinct. It she was like really did. Part Dolly Parton, part something else. Her so her name is actually mm-hmm. Constance Schulman, and uh, Jim Jenkins, like late eighties, is watching a TV show and sees a mayonnaise commercial where he sees like this wait this actress who's playing a waitress at a diner loves her voice so much that he finds her and gets her to be the voice of uh, Patty Mayonnaise. And that's why her last name is Mayonnaise. Constance Schulman is the name of this actress. And she's actually Yoga Jones on Orange is the New Black, if you guys remember. Yes. Uh, Okay. That makes so much sense. I just had no idea what she ever looked like because she doesn't look like a cartoon character. What a sweet story. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I really love that. Um, but it's true, like, and they all had, oh, they had such good names. This is something else that, like, Nickelodeon, the creators did a great job, both on Rugrats and Doug, like, Skeeter, Doug Funny, Skeeter Valentine, Roger Klotz, Patty Mayonnaise, Mimi <laughs> Bluff. Um, and then uh, on Rugrats, Tommy Pickles and later his brother Pickles. Dill, Dill Pickles. <laughs> Is the name of the little brother they bring in later? I mean, can we like can we say it now? Like maybe that's jumping the shark a wee bit, you know? Just a, just a wee bit. <laughs> there was I remember um, Dill. Dill looked okay. too close in age. Like the gestation yes. period for right? humans is nine months, right? They look. <laughs> They look poor like Dee Poor Dee Four months apart. <laughs> and then I don't know if you guys saw that meme going around before. I mean, I'm like sort of stepping on some of the characters, but like Angelica's dad, they had a side by side of him and Drew from Search Party, and they're like, tell me this isn't the same person. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they are the same person. And then I saw someone else retweet. It's like, oh, this is why I'm always attracted to men who look like this. I'm like, same. Yes. Oh my God. Patient zero. One hundred. This cartoon guilt is like ru- out here ruining millennial women. <laughs> the first one I was hot for was Ickis from A Real Monsters. Oh, oh, maybe it's That's the feet. Maybe one. it's the curly feet, the big ears. <laughs> I don't know. Oh wow! I feel like my first. I don't know, like cartoon crush. Ooh, this is in like Rob Robin Hood is definitely up there. Oh, that fox fucks. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Um in terms Drowning in puss. <laughs> oh, made Marion not for long. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I took that maid. <laughs> Ladies, am I right? Maidenhood. <laughs> Good, good. But for Nickelodeon, it, it, it was Ickis for me. But I, oh, wow. I've talked before about like video games and other cartoons being uh, <laughs> a little hot. exciting in, 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 the na- in the naughty parts that I don't ex- <laughs> like, what are these feelings? But uh, <laughs> Ickis was the first Nicktoon. That's so funny. I feel like Angelica, there's an episode where like Angelica had like a bad boy boyfriend, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like he just shows up for one episode and like they <laughs> they have this like hot romance for like the 10 minute episode. Because you remember Rugrats had like two episodes in one episode. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that was the most shocking part of rewatching 
Rugrats as an adult was that they actually crammed in two episodes into one and that each episode was like 10 minutes long. (laughs) And I was shocked. I was like, we're just blowing through like these A and B story arcs. Like what is (laughs) happening? And then they would immediately start another episode. I'm like, oh, I guess we got enough closure for that. It sort of felt a little bit like a comic strip in that way. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely, I mean, it's, it's, crazy but it's like i can so vividly remember the plots that for a 10 minute episode it's kind of incredible like i will regularly google videos from doug and rugrats like the doug banging on a trash can music video is so seared in my mind of just like and rewatching it now as an adult with like the talking heads stop making sense reference like he's wearing an oversized suit and then like BB is like Madonna in the like Vogue yeah. Express Yourself tour era and like ugh, yes just and then there's blacker the Michael Jackson black or white music video reference like it's just <laughs> oh, such no. a perfect encapsulation of like late 80s early 90s pop culture <laughs> really was think big big Doug energy yes have yes. major big Doug energy <laughs> but it was like sort of like the sledgehammer video if oh yeah serves. Yes, there's definitely. I remember my parents being very. Yeah, my parents are very into that. They're like, I think that I think some of like the musical interstitials kind of convinced my parents that like you know these Nicktoons were ultimately like a net good or whatever. (laughs) Because until I was in I don't know fifth or so grade, I wasn't allowed to watch The Symptoms, but I was allowed to watch (gasps) Run and Stimpy, which to this day makes absolutely no fucking sense. Oh, they got their wires (laughs) crossed. One hundred percent. Oh, um, but no, no. it was like the Doug music videos really kind of convinced them that this show was like great for kids. And and I remember them being like, oh, it's like this other music video. And they showed me the Sledgehammer video. And I was just like, the song yeah. fucking sucks. This isn't Doug. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it. And go away. <laughs> this is not cooler than Doug. <laughs> yeah. Um, think again, parents. <laughs> Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, and then after that, I think I just have like loathed Peter, Peter Gabriel ever since because my parents deigned to like make a comparison to Doug to him. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> like, oh, God, gosh. you're so lame, parents. <laughs> gosh, I got to do everything around here. Got to be cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it should have done the opposite with my parents they were way more concerned with what's appropriate when my, when my brother was born. Mm-hmm. But for me, I watched all kinds of stuff, but I, I remember my, my dad just found it so hilarious. He couldn't believe it. Um, and it became an inside joke when Stimpy gets off the plane in the Ren and Stimpy episode where it's, it's like a tour tourism video. And Oh, right. Yes. Stimpy in, in very bad Spanish, I believe, sick, uh, how Stimpy said it was, las, cu- las cucarachas tienes grandes huevos, when he gets oh off the plane. <laughs> um, so there was a good many times where my dad and I would laugh about las cucarachas having la- uh, grandes huevos. C- completely <laughs> not cool. Did, did anybody... I guess they couldn't Google Translate, but they could have got somebody to <laughs> to notice that. Really, <laughs> that, it's wild what they got away with at Ren and Stimpy with Ren and Stimpy in particular. 
I mean, there's a scene where there's like glass coffee tables featuring um, famous actors' names on them. And it's a reference to these actors who would have, I think, apparently, allegedly liked having women pee on them or something like there was some like really (laughs) old reference but like super went over you know any producer at Nickelodeon's head at the time and made it to you know actual air and like there's several instances of this (laughs) specifically with Ren and Stippy and I think to an extent Rocco's modern life as well um Mm -hmm. (laughs) like even they were shocked like yeah exactly Jim Murray talks about it he's like I don't know what how like even he kind of just shakes his head like I can't believe we did that. <laughs> so and it's like I think part of it like you know definitely people there were were somewhat veterans so like um you know talking about the the big the heavies at Nickelodeon at the time being like Geraldine Laybourne she had you know been around for a while and same with Vanessa Coffey but I think for apart from that, you know, it wasn't a network from a leadership standpoint that was full of a ton of veterans. I think there were a lot of newbies who kind of cut their teeth, you know, as producers in these divisions um, and got hired in these roles in their 20s and early 30s. Um, oh. And so as a result, you know, and because it was cable TV, that's the whole other thing was cable was still such a relatively new thing. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect oh. storm of, of just having free reign over what can be done and just not having the level of oversight because you're not a network uh, channel like an ABC or a, a CB. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes. Um, right. That kind of leads itself, though, into this question, which is, you know, as we're talking about these references that went way over our heads, is there anything about Nicktoons that you see now that would be problematic for younger kids? Um, and is there anything that would go over a t- kid or teen's head, you know, for better sometimes because it's kind of funny or for worse, that's just like, oh, my God, that's like we would like never in 2021. Yeah, um, it's speaking about Ren and Stimpy is a really big subject for me because it it touches on a personal level that something I respect as an art form and as an entity on its own is completely sullied by the creator's choices in his life and how he's affected women and previous employees. Um, Aside from everything I can say about people he's worked with, Nickelodeon um, unleashed the reins. He wasn't in control of his show after the first season. Um, 
he relinquished, he had to relinquish control. They, he did not have as much involvement, anywhere near as much involvement after the first season. He was very difficult to work with. Um, they, they certainly retained the level of insanity that we have grown to love. However, as an adult, it's painfully clear that homosexuality was just hilarious to John Kay. And there's so many jokes that are just so clearly like, man, guys, you know, guys, butt fucking is hilarious. It's so funny. And that's kind of the whole relationship with Ren and Stimpy. And we interpreted it as something sweet and it is sweet. Stimpy's character is near, near and dear, but it was essentially an abusive gay relationship. And it is something I would watch with kids. I would, uh, but only <laughs> ex- after explaining a few things, you know, the show is forever ruined by making my friend Katie's life a living hell for many, many years. There's a Buzzfeed article that her and her friend Robin wrote. That was an expose of, of John Kay's grooming of underage women. And I know so many people in animation for so long, there was a group of animation friends I had when I was 18 or 19. I said something about John Kay and how I like older men. This is just, you know, an, a, another factoid. When I said that, I'm telling you, these animators, when I was 18 or 19, they said, you're too old for him. It was the most open secret. It was the most yeah. open secret in animation. And I'm glad he's got his come up. It's come up and now. Um, so it's forever sullied in that way for me. And the show, it, it does, it still shows a lot of that. <laughs> Men having sex is very funny. And, you know, a lot of misogyny too. Um, but in terms of, of being off the rails, dark and hysterical and bizarre it's it's something i have to just separate because i do love it i really do yeah i think that the run instant be old i mean it's hard to watch some of it because of the i mean the homophobia is so rampant and like i have uh, my uncle is gay so i was sort of made aware of it being Hmm homophobic um from an early age and so i don't i i don't really remember those parts but there have been times where i've gone back and rewatched something from it because it was stuck in my head or i wanted to remember a reference i was going to make and just being like okay yeah it's like they're they have an abusive power dynamic and that's sort of also unfortunately there were so many shows in the 90s that were like that like you could even say that they were sort of like peg and uh, ted bundy-esque in the way that they spoke to each other um, and so oh. for in for better or worse, it was like weirdly, not weirdly, it was normalized. It was. Um, 
For sure. Yeah. And that, yeah. but unfortunately that's also what ages it and makes it feel old, but you, hmm. you have to separate. I mean, there, I think some of the humor, like some of the jokes you like, it, it makes you suck your teeth in a little bit. Cause you're just like, I can't fucking say that. That's, yeah. that's not cool. There are other ways that you can be mean. Right. But like, mm-hmm. um, like you were saying, Rennie, like you have to, uh, you, if you want to enjoy it, there has to be a little bit of like a separation of being like, okay, I can see why it was groundbreaking for yeah. these reasons and we can leave the parts of it that were not groundbreaking in the Mm -hmm. 90s and we can take the parts of it that were really interesting and influential and try to separate it that way but i feel like rugrats and doug are a lot easier to rewatch. i don't think they have as much problematic behavior i think rugrats really holds up well in terms of really i mean they they have a lot of universal themes about both shows honestly really about like do you want to stay a baby or do you want to grow up and having to navigate those various chasms where you think it's people always think it's like just you know between elementary school and middle school that you you have to decide whether or not you want to be growing up or how fast you want to be growing up but really it kind of like is in all phases of life that you can either essentially be dragged into growing up or you can willingly step into it and i think that rugrats you know targeted kids in a certain way or that were maybe like on the younger side um but maybe could still relate and the universal themes of you know scary things that happen in your body like the weird like and also even like debunking myths of like oh if you if i swallow gum does it really stay in there for seven years like the whole yeah. episode but even with doug like okay moving to a new town and being the new kid is really uncomfortable and it doesn't get easier just because like the next day it's the next day and so i think that there are some themes in universality about both shows that kind of hold up a little bit better and doug and rugrats are also very very sweet i think they skewed a little bit long younger and there's a reason why ren and stippy also sort of like cross aired or broadcast on MTV because MTV <laughs> rightfully saw that and they're like, what the fuck is this doing on Nickelodeon <laughs> on MTV? So that- to, to some of that effect, it was like Nickelodeon was trying to poach some of their like preteen audience to come over to Nickelodeon and I think it worked. Yeah, and I think you brought up a really important point, which is that prior to uh, Nickelodeon airing these three cartoons, MTV really didn't do cartoons, and they saw the success of Ren and Snippy, mm-hmm. so they brought Ren and Snippy to MTV, which then kind of got the green light for uh, Mike Judge to do, um, oh my god, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. It's been a long day, guys. Um, but it, to do uh, Beavis and Butthead and then later there was Daria and like all these other animated shows, but it was really kind of Nickelodeon because they're all owned by Viacom uh, that prompted MTV to kind of dive into that world, which is very interesting. Um, hmm. That to- also wasn't the only MTV Nickelodeon crossover either because they poached, well not poached, but like they got the same people who created the initial animated logos for MTV to do yes. Nickelodeon's initial animated logos, oh, which so I thought good. was very interesting. I understand that they're all owned by Viacom, so they're all pretty much like, you know, in-house for lack of a better term, but I just found that to be interesting that they have a little bit more overlap than perhaps we all think initially from like mm-hmm. a first glance. They also, what's interesting is from a branding perspective, when I think of like networks, the two have really kind of kept a lot of the same branding from their initial concept. Nickelodeon very mm-hmm. much still uses the same orange they've used since the 1980s. MTV has <laughs> some other variations on their logo, but they have kept with the Moon Man. They've kept with the um, you know the 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 colorful logos and that kind of thing. Like it is, it's interesting to me that 
despite, you know, going through some rebrands here and there, the two of them have such iconic logos and feels and just from a graphic design standpoint have really stood the test of time and stuck to a lot of the same thing there. Um, I will say though, Renny, you know, what you were Mm -hmm. talking about earlier with, with John Kay and just everything that happened there, it is interesting of what happens, you know, there is a, a great side to the allowing free reign on a creator to be able to do what they want to do. And then on the flip side of that, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out and you are, you do not realize that you have, you know, brought on someone who might be a creative genius, but comes with all these horrible problematic things. Um, And I, I think that's interesting because, you know, it is something that's come up so much in the last couple of years with uh, the Me Too movement and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and just in a standpoint of, uh, I think, revisiting a lot of these shows, um, be they animated ones or live action ones from our, you know, childhood, like Nickelodeon, unfortunately, this isn't, you know, the first time they had someone who was a predator working yes. at the network, like Dan Schneider, oh, who we talked about. It's, okay, I'm glad I, you have. That's, yeah, that, we've, I think we've, more people should know about that. Yeah. He's a horrible human and people should definitely know. We we didn't want to elaborate too much on it in our previous episode where we talked about all that. Um, but it is, you know, something that we wish was, you know, better known because it was, mm-hmm. you know, part of this culture of while you had artistic freedom, while you had a mostly female um, studio headed, you know, company in Nickelodeon, a lot of women in high up positions, which wasn't always the case in the TV world. You do also have, you know, this world of predatory behavior and kind of not so great things. And it is interesting as we're kind of, you know, reconciling what we, you know, what was groundbreaking TV at the time also came with people who fostered a culture that wasn't great. Um, And I, I abusing power. Exactly. And I think that as these, networks have, you know, learned from that. I hope that they have, you know, changed their ways and they seem like they have, like, for example, the reboot uh, for Ren and Stimpy that I believe is taking place at Comedy Central. John Kay is, has no uh, say in it, has no mm-hmm. uh, part in it and is not receiving any sort of royalties from it. Um, I, and then I, you know, the same goes for Dan Schneider who left Nickelodeon a, a few years ago. So I wonder, you know, as we, these these networks still become, or Nickelodeon in particular, is still very much a part of you know the cultural landscape from our childhood and now other you know people's childhood. I, I just hope that uh, the environment that they're fostering behind the scenes has changed, and it seems to have, but that it continues to only get better. Yeah, well put. On a brighter note, <laughs> um, in terms of you know nostalgia how how do you feel when you watch Nicktoons I mean it makes us does it make you feel nostalgic does it bring back I mean obviously what we just talked about is very dark but does it bring back you know what kind of good memories does it bring back from your childhood or adolescence a lot of memories with me and my brother you know singing the songs yeah or (laughs) having favorite episodes um at school, it was <laughs> it was like breaking bread, you know? Everyone could talk about it with each other. It was yeah, our thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's like one of the first shows that you, like, 
like have water cooler talk with your (laughs) whatever second grade friends or however old you are at the time. Juice box talk. (laughs) But it's like, it's that moment where you realize like, oh, culture is like for us. Like we have something (laughs) all in common that we can, that we all, that we can all kind of talk about without it being, I don't know, specific to like something being gendered or Mm -hmm. whatever the divide may be when you're that young. But yeah. And it was great if you didn't like sports and you were completely unathletic. An indoor child (laughs) network, (laughs) to say the least. I think Guts Guts is as athletic (laughs) as they get. And really, I mean, you had to be in some good shape, but like you had a lot of bungee cords to help you along the way. (laughs) And your like child bones that are fine and flexible. Like you'll be okay. You and I try to do a Guts right now, Emily. We'll both end up in casts like we were last year. (laughs) No, yeah. We're not drinking 32 gallons of milk a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even that, like i feel like is that really what's going to prevent you or is it no, just your age no it's 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 very much age we as we've learned the dairy industry has <laughs> brought up a lot of things that are not necessarily true um but yeah it is a it, it very much was the indoor child network uh in the sense of of the kids that they portrayed <laughs> Um, and the cartoons that came with it. Uh, but that actually... But also it being like its own little block of cartoons on a specific yes. time, like on a specific day at a specific time was also... I think there's like some of that nostalgia that goes along with it as well. Because it was yeah. like a precursor to like TGIF. And mm-hmm. then even like their SNCC lineup, this was sort of like one of the... And it, and it was all animated. So instead of it being like Saturday morning cartoons, you had something that was like counter-programming that made you feel like interesting and edgy. Yeah, and it was a nice to look forward to because school was over and you get to get get home and watch your cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a, earlier, you know, the different types of kids being portrayed on, on these shows. And, and and when you really think about it with Nick Toon, was there or is there diversity or representation among those shows? I mean, it's kind of hard because some of them are fictional uh, fantasy mm-hmm. characters. So it's a little weird to bring up the diversity and representation of it all. But, you know, in some cases they are portraying children. Um, if so, how would you kind of categorize that portrayal? And if it is lacking or you feel that it's lacking, what kind of message do you think that sends? And, and later, you know, how do you think uh, Nickelodeon has, you know, made changes to hopefully correct the course if you do think that it was lacking? Hmm. It's a lot of questions. I think it, yeah, it's, no, it's a lot, it's a lot to consider and it's super important. I think, I think I'm going to give Doug a real big, a real big pass because I always felt like any character that's not the color of Doug is not white, which is great because there was Mm -hmm. all kinds of colorful people on the show. That's very true. (laughs) And I'm, I would like to share with you the biggest laugh I ever got from Doug, the absolute funniest line in the entire show, completely incongruous. It didn't feel like it should be in the show, but it was. So Doug is talking to Judy about Skeeter. And Judy says, the blue guy? (laughs) (laughs) It, it, the way, the way that surprised me. (laughs) Oh dear, the blue guy. Yep. So 
Doug, Doug is fine. I think Doug was great. Um, I don't He's remember. He's the town's token blue guy. He is the, the family, you know, <laughs> his whole family. Um, but Mr. Dink, I always, I kind of felt like Mr. Dink and his wife were black also. It, it was, it was important that they all had different colors at, at the very least. Mm-hmm. I, oh, the dinks I, were green. I, I think they were purple. Oh, they? they were purple. Sorry. I'm sorry. Roger Klotz was green. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Yes, I think Roger was Puerto Rican or something. (laughs) (laughs) No, he had big like West Side Story energy, you know. Yeah, I always expected him to be like. But if like Riff (laughs) or something, but but if Riff were one of the (laughs) joined his crew, (laughs) exactly. That's like yes. (laughs) I think that I think we're on to something. He he does kind of look like a Latino rude boy. At a, oh, I like, see it. At a I mor- see it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the a, guy that wears Morrissey, Morrissey t-shirts. Yes, yep. you said you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we I... went to, yeah, we went to similar schools. Jinx. We said it. <laughs> we knew it. Morrissey, white, a white t-shirt with Morrissey on it. Oh, God. In Roger's closet somewhere. Oh, you know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> that does remind me that, speaking of ska, there was a, um, I was remembering, like, the promo. <laughs> what are you speaking of ska? You said rude boy, like a rude boy. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we, we ended up in Morrissey and I was like, okay, let's we just br- talk about Scott. Bring we it out of rude let's boys. So there was like Nickelodeon used to do all those fun, like Nick, 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 Nick. So they mm-hmm. did one for Nicktoons that I used to get stuck in my head all the time. And as an adult, I now mm. realize was a blatant ska theme it was like I don't want I don't want I don't want, I don't want, I don't want pick it up pick it up pick it up Nick Tunes like it was like, clearly <laughs> supposed <laughs> to be Nick Emily it explains everything everything about everything. you <laughs> yeah you could skank to that <laughs> I mean you know all totally. those producers were wearing pork pie hats behind the scenes <laughs> oh my god I'm like crying <laughs> And it all comes back to ska on the show, and for that, I love it. <laughs> it always does. I, it's it's either nine eleven or ska, so I'm glad it's ska. <laughs> um, but real real quick to bring it back to the first three, um, I think I don't remember much diversity whatsoever in the human characters on Ren and Stimpy, but the humans were usually absolutely vile, disgusting. <laughs> characters we do not sympathize with like a googie acid trip or something like yes (laughs) yes (laughs) hideous but also like sort of in that way that some directors they'll just always pick a certain kind of character who's just inept it's like every human character on Ren and Stimpy was always just completely Mm. inept or just downright evil or like a sociopath or something or like Came across more of a cartoon character than the actual, you know, cartoon Chihuahua and Cat. Um, I would definitely say that Rugrats is pretty, pretty white. It's a pretty white show. Definitely. But I know a lot of, I've, I have heard from a lot of black women that Susie was very important to them. Oh, great. So that's great. Yes. Susie Carmichael. Great. Susie great. Carmichael, who's voiced by mm-hmm. Cree Summer, who I love. Um Cause she's, yeah. and she's like a veteran voice actress. Like, like she's prolific, voice, prolific voice of Penny on inspector gadget. Like, you know, just yeah. credit after credit. everything. Yep. Um, Wasn't she on wild thornberries too? 
Didn't she sounds right. I think she did. She's also Zoe Kravitz's Another godmother. Great. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, oh. Yes. <laughs> she's like Paul. She's Lisa Bonet's best friend, so Okay. Well, all I was going to say is that Wild Thornberries is another excellent Nicktoons. It's a great one. Really, really, really holds up and like has a great, I don't know, it's a great little spunky cartoon along with As Told by Ginger. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what? Uh, In retrospect, Nickelodeon was really out here employing gingers. Like what TV network has like (laughs) nine principal cast members that are all gingers? Oh my God. Ginger representation. They had it on lock. (laughs) I know. Between like Chucky and the Pete and Pete kids and that ginger with the mullet (laughs) from Dude Ranch. Pete and Pete and and Bud... Was it Bundy? Budnick? Budnick? Salute your shorts. Salute your shorts. Bobby Budnick. Salute your shorts. There you go. Bobby Budnick. Yeah. Wow. out here giving gingers jobs. Oh, my God. So many. So many. (laughs) Oh, my. Like, my mind is blown right now when I think about this. I mean, they saw. And then we've got As Told by Ginger. As Told by Ginger and Wild Thornberries. Two ginger women. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. They saw they saw Disney with their Ariel, and they're like, Psh, "Hold our beers. We'll give we'll give you a whole network full of Ariels. How about that? Hold our inhalers. <laughs> they're all wait. Don't you, you're walking too fast. I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm wheezing. They all sounded like they had a stuffy nose. I know. I was telling my husband that like the basis of so there are two, let's call them characters on 90 Day Fiance who kind of like have, you know, like a stuffy nose kind of voice. And in rewatching yes. some of these episodes today, I was like, Chucky is the basis for my Jenny voice and my Danielle voice. Like, oh, somebody bleed here. Or like that is like <laughs> Chucky deep down. That was good. Thank you. That is good. Uh, I feel like we have covered quite a bit today. So uh, before we begin our sign off, are there any parting thoughts you all have about Nicktoons? Well, I'd love to get your thoughts, Rennie, on um, the reboots that are coming up because they oh, have yes. Yes, an yes, all yes. new Rugrats coming up. And <laughs> although I love to see voice actors and Nicole Byer especially employed, the look of it hurts uh-huh. my eyes and my feelings. My feelings. So, <laughs> scary. so I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective because, you know, obviously work is work. So who wouldn't want to be on a reboot of Rugrats, a beloved cartoon? But just curious of your perspective about like all of these reboots <laughs> that have happened lately. Well, the aversion is real. We <laughs> we have a community of people grossed out by the reboots. Okay, <laughs> like, oh, I don't even I don't even want to look at it. Um, yeah, I mean i i don't I don't want to write it off. If if we were going to sit down and watch it and talk about it, I would be open to it. It it is just very visually off putting mm-hmm. and so far removed from our generation's Rugrats. Um, I think the voice of Chucky has changed four times. Um, it was originally Christine Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And then it was uh, Candy Milo and believe it or not, um, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Really? And oh. yeah, at <gasps> some point. And I feel like Candy Milo would be a shoe in, but I haven't seen her post about it. 
But she's also granny in Space Jam. So maybe she's focusing on Space Jam right now. <laughs> but she was a great Chucky. I mean, I hope she's Chucky in the reboot, too. Uh, that is a hard voice. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> I also, they're making um, Phil and Lil's mom a single mm-hmm. parent and like an out lesbian, which I think is oh, great and, and seems like sort of like why people reboot these things in the first place. Absolutely. But, On board. Um, I, that, or, that really makes it a shining. Like a silver uh, lining. Interest. Like, like I really, yeah, I'm really interested now because of that. And I feel like at the time it was clearly coded, you know, we can talk oh, about sure. characters. Mm-hmm. We, sure. we think oh, yeah. we're gay. Like, I I like to think Patty Mayonnaise was lesbian, but oh, yeah. it wasn't oh. like we can talk about it. But Phil and Lil's mom, that was clearly coded, I think. Yeah, oh, that sure. seems more like um, a marriage that was like, you know what? I'm single. You're single. I want to have a baby. You want to be you want to be totally. a dad. Let's just do this and get it over with for sure. She even that wore a had so many female role models. Yes. Yeah. The moms on the show were great. They really did. It, models. <laughs> yes. They were all working moms. <laughs> they were all at like high, high power, stressful jobs. Um, and then they're also, you guys said, we're rebooting Ren and Stimpy on Cartoon Network. And I don't know. There's like oh, an adult Central. Doug. Oh, Comedy Central. And mm-hmm. then there's like an adult Doug, right? I haven't seen that. Oh, so <laughs> Disney bought. So what happened was Jumbo Pictures, which was... Um, Jim Jenkins's company was bought out by Disney in the mid nineties. So then they switched Doug yeah. over to Disney and ABC and it became brand spanking new Doug and later Disney's yes. Doug. Oh, right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Patty Mayonnaise got a haircut and like they, mm-hmm. you know, they were in high school <laughs> and like, I think Roger was they now felicity her. They felicitied her for even, sure. She looked even gayer. It is I, true. I rest, I rest Just, my case. Ex- <laughs> gavel <laughs> bang. <laughs> Here, here. Her on feet. the first day of Pride Month, we declare Patty Mayonnaise it's was a lesbian. lesbian. I, um, I and, and an addendum, an addendum. <laughs> her, and, her and BB were not playing bonker ball. I rest my case. One hundred. I mean, the energy between the two more. Of them. Both badasses. <laughs> I 100% agree. Yes. They were a power couple in high school and no one can tell yes. me otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. I, it is interesting <laughs> when that did get Disney-fied. I think, I don't know, I don't remember. I think I was a little too old for it at that point. But I don't, if I recall correctly, the plot lines were not quite uh, to the same. It was not Nickelodeon, Doug, if you will. It was very much, you know, Disney has Disney everything you know they want a certain standard of things and so i think i think that they didn't quite have the same plot lines that they had before or weren't allowed to kind of portray him in the way they had in the past so i don't think it's quite the same about like goof troop the way that the stories were the way that the episodes were like disney-fied very hijinxy yeah okay Mm -hmm. um but that's yeah I mean, I think that what, ultimately... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and what about the Ren and Stimpy reboot? Does that have like a projected premiere date oh, yeah. or anything like that? Um, I'm going to check really quickly. So I feel like it's just like the reboot of Daria. It's like it's been in the mix for yeah. years. And you're just like, all right, just let me know when it's here. <laughs> I'll watch it. it. 
(laughs) It has been. I think it's been in like some sort of development hell for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looks like because they briefly had it like when they did like I want to say like an Esquire network or something like that. They sort of like did a reboot where I remember they made a homophobic joke about like pitchers and catchers and they got a bunch of shit. And then I never heard about it again. So it was the most awful, awful, awful thing. Oh, really? It was on on Spike. Unwatchable. Yeah. Unwatchable. Yeah. The network yeah. for men who it let the other men having sex with other men. Yeah. It <sighs> apparently oh. they, so they had that one, which was called Ren and Snippy adult party cartoon, which was, you know, terrible. And like even Billy West declined what to participate. bad name. And Billy West declined to participate in it because he thought it was yeah. awful. Mm. Um, and then they had a canceled revival attempt in 2016. And then the Comedy Central revival was announced in August of last year. Um, and it's set to be produced by Nickelodeon Animation Studio. Um, Billy West is expected to return. Um, and as you wow. probably already know, Billy West, after John yeah. Kay left the show, voiced Ren in addition to already voicing mm-hmm. Stimpy. Um, so and then, amazing. Yes. Yeah. And Billy West was also Doug, which I did not know. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Billy West was everything for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I remember. I remember being shocked too. Like it, it never occurred to me. Oh my god! <laughs> Amazing. It's so. It seems like it's been postponed because of go- COVID, but that it is still mm. supposed to be happening at one point or another. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll see. Right. <laughs> so we'll see. I, think, <laughs> I feel like we've we've kind of talked quite a quite a bit about Nicktoons today. I think we've we've kind of exhausted everything. So, you know, before we sign off, is there anything you would like to plug today, Rennie? Let's plug Hey Arnold, because that was a great show. Let's all go watch it again. I'm, I'm just remembering how good that was. I, I'm going to plug someone else. <laughs> it was like the only some of show. the best cartoon yeah. writing of all time, like told really Truly. cinematic stories. The Christmas episode still makes really me Really interesting cry. art. Oh, yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Absolutely devastating. And also the Halloween <laughs> prank episode, iconic. What a prank! The fake UFO one, another yes. excellent, perfect episode. Yeah. What was really important to me was the the economic status of the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. remember any show with kids who didn't have a big house. And yes. or like working gen- parents. or like two like two parents, a mom and a dad, and you right. had your own room, and like you never had to worry about anything. This is it very was much, nice to yeah. a communal and get a household. diversity of a, a exactly, and get like a diversity of adults in there. Like okay, everybody has like a quirky grandpa in these cartoons, but it was nice to also have that like Russian neighbor who always yes. was just always down on his luck and sad, but also a scammer. So respect the game. I mean, there just had like <laughs> so many interesting people and like Doug's so room many. was super, super cool. Like in the way that like Clarissa explains it all's room was really cool and covetable for the longest time. Yeah. And it showed kids, you know, maybe you have less money or your family's different than other families, but you can still hold your own and enjoy your life and be your unique self. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I have I have two seasons of my podcast, Ring Ring with Rennie Rivas, if you want to go listen to that. I'll meet you at the the Hey Arnold streaming service, what, wherever it's showing, because uh, 
I think it I think it deserves a revisit. I think it's on Paramount Plus, so with all the other Nickelodeon yeah, I so properties, too. I think. Good plan. I'm gonna if I need to cry, I'll go find that Christmas episode. <laughs> oh my god. If you have Quick, an audition that requires you to cry, cry, make sure you watch that before you do your tape. I, I cannot hear the words Nancy Spumoni snow boots without just tearing up a little bit. No. <laughs> I have like a stress response to that name. <laughs> Would you oh. like some spumoni? Oh, <laughs> yes, I love ice cream. <laughs> oh, thank you for joining us, Rennie. Once again, you can catch Rennie's podcast, as she said, Ring Ring. Uh, it can be found on all major platforms, and you can find her at Rennie underscore Rivas on Instagram. So thank you again for joining us. And thank you for listening. Thanks, Renny. Thanks so much, Margo and Emily. This is a blast. It was so great to talk about this stuff that I'm really nerdy about with, with, with women who get it. They get the tune. We always get it. Into it. Love it. Great time. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for giving us an excuse to dive into this topic. We have had it on our list for a while. And so when you reached out, I was like, we have the perfect episode for you. <laughs> yes, this was just like perfect kismet. If you Well, thanks like- for the branding. Really <laughs> excellent. It's, it's helpful to me. I love it. Thank you. No, we're glad we can help. Um, but we <laughs> would like to thank everyone who's listening today. Uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you like what you've heard, you can check out our other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen. The best way that you can stay up to date, though, is uh, to subscribe to our podcast. And while you're at it, hitting that subscribe button, why not leave us a nice rating or a review? We always love to hear from people. Additionally, you can find us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. Individually, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Emily A. Beijing. And I'm at Marg, she wrote. And then until next time, we say bye-bye. Bye. 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.